0: You will be turning to John, first John, excuse me, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. That's where we're going to spend the majority of our time this evening. About 15 years ago, Lisa and I took our family out to New Mexico to visit her little brother Paul, who was preaching in uh, Clayton, New Mexico. And one of the first things that Paul wanted to do with me when we got out there is we went to the local grocery store parking lot and there was a food truck in the parking lot and Paul's words to me were you're gonna love this they serve authentic Mexican burritos with green chilies it was great it was awesome and uh, the the key phrase there was authentic you know we can get burritos here Uh, We can go to to various places, Taco Bell, uh, different places around, but we can't get the authentic uh, like they had out there. I also think often when folks are buying certain goods, they look for signs that those certain goods are authentic uh, from the manufacturer. There are people who make their money by selling inferior knockoffs of the real deal. For example, in the sports memorabilia world, I have a friend in Huntsville, Alabama, who sells sports memorabilia for a living, and the first question that people will ask him when he's about to sell them an autographed item is, does it come with a certificate of authenticity? Can you prove that it's the real deal? And I've also been told, now I haven't done this, but I've also been told that ladies that buy high-end purses look for certain... Characteristics to be able to tell that a purse is is real. They look at the logo. I understand they look at the lining inside the purse. They'll look at the stitching on the purse and they'll be able to tell whether or not it's a real deal. And in the art world, you know, the value of, of an art piece goes up tremendously if you can prove that it's authentically from a particular artist. So that's what I want us to talk about tonight. In John's epistle here, he mentioned the kinds of evidence that prove that one is an authentic child of God. Possessing fellowship with the Father and the Son. As in 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. He says, In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. There are actually several tests that John identifies by which we can know that we have eternal life. Um, and those are found in the text of our study tonight, First John chapter 5. Read with me verses 1 through 5. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. In these verses, we'll find three tests of Christian authenticity we'll find the test of belief, we'll find the test of love, and we'll find the test of obedience. First off, let's look at the test of belief. In particular, belief in Jesus. In Jesus as the Christ, as we find in verse 1, the first part of the verse. We find that we must believe that Jesus is the Christ. The word Christ means anointed one or chosen one. So we must believe that he is the Savior, that he is the only Savior. Secondly, we must believe that he is the Son of God, as we find in 1 John chapter 5 the latter part of verse 5. We must believe that he is the Son of God because Christ's deity and his position in heaven are vital to our understanding of why he had to be the Christ. Thirdly, we are to believe that Jesus has come in the flesh. 1 John chapter 4 verse 2 tells us that. We must believe that he became a man and Uh, Belief that he became a man ties the facts of the plan of salvation together. His birth to the Virgin Mary, his wisdom in the temple as a teen, his temptation, his miracles, and his sin-free life, an example for us, as well as his sufferings and death, are all facts that we must believe to be an authentic Christian. In talking about our belief to deny Jesus as the Christ, or the Son of God, first of all, makes one a liar and an antichrist. First John chapter two verse twenty-two says, "Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is antichrist who denies the Father and the Son." Secondly, to deny Jesus as the Christ or the Son of God makes fellowship with the Father and the Son impossible. First John two twenty-three says. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. And also looking at 2 John 7-9. Verse, through 9. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. So what's the importance of our faith in Jesus? The importance of our faith is necessary, first of all, for one to be born of God. 1 John 5, verse 1, the first part of that verse tells us that and just as faith in God is necessary to please him Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 tells us but without faith is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him so see it's necessary for us to believe for one to be born of God so faith also in Jesus is necessary to experience eternal life John chapter 8 verse 24 Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins for if you do not believe that I am he you will die in your sins. In Acts chapter 8 verses 36 through 37 what do we see the Ethiopian eunuch confessing? He confesses that he believes that Jesus is the son of God. Secondly, we see the importance of faith in Jesus is important or necessary for us to overcome the world. 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. We can overcome the world only through the one who lives in us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. But with the strength that comes from God, we can do anything. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we see without faith in Jesus as the Christ, in Jesus as the Son of God who came in the flesh, we cannot be born of God and so live as to have eternal life and to overcome the world. But is belief in Jesus the only test of authentic Christianity? Not according to Jesus. As found in John chapter 8, verses 30 and 31, there Jesus said, If you abide in me, then you are my disciples. This lesson was taught by both Jesus and his earthly disciples. So there's also, we will find, not just a test of belief, but there's also the test of love. Jesus had made brotherly love a mark of discipleship. If you look at John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35, he said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Jesus also made brotherly love a commandment, to prove that we are his friends. John chapter 15, verses 12 through 14, we read, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And then in verse 17, he said, These things I command you, that you love one another. So we see what jesus had made brotherly love he had made it a mark of discipleship he had made it a commandment to prove that we were his friends john had stressed brotherly love as well if you look at first john chapter 2 verse 10 he had stressed it as evidence of abiding in the light he who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him john had also stressed brotherly love as evidence of being a child of god 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. John had also stressed brotherly love as evidence of having passed from death into life. First John 3, verse 14. There he writes, We know that we have passed from death to life, Because we love the brethren, he who does not love his brother abides in death. John had also stressed brotherly love as evidence of knowing God and being born of God. 1 John 4, verses 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love, And now in discussing brotherly love, John describes it as a necessary component to loving God. 1 John chapter 5, verses 1, the first part. <clears throat> in this verse, he says, and I'm paraphrasing, If you love God who brings forth children, then you must love children who have come from God. John reveals how we can be sure that we love God's children or that we have brotherly love by loving God and keeping his commandments in 1 John 5, verse 2. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. I may claim to love my brothers. I may claim to be an authentic Christian. But if I do not love God and keep his commandments... My claim is a shallow claim. This is because keeping God's commandments will govern how we treat our fellow man. So one is truly born of God not only believes in Jesus, but also loves the children of God. In discussing the necessity of loving the children of God, John mentioned keeping the commandments of God. And that leads us to the third test of authentic Christianity, which is the test of obedience. John had emphasized this test earlier in the book, and he continues to emphasize it uh, throughout. He, he emphasized it as essential to having fellowship with the Father in 1 John chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, where he writes, If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sins. <clears throat> John had also emphasized this test as it's essential to knowing Jesus. 1 John chapter 2 verses 3 and 4. Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. And again John also emphasizes the test of obedience as essential to loving God, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 5. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He also emphasized the test as essential to abiding in Jesus, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. John also emphasized the test of obedience as essential to being a child of God. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 10. In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. And then John also lastly emphasizes the test of obedience as essential to having our prayers answered. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 22. There he writes, And whatever we ask we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now he stresses that it is essential to number one, loving the children of God. First John chapter 5 and verse 2. Again, as we've read before, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. And then he also stresses that it is essential to loving God Himself, First John 5 verse 3, the first part of the verse, for this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not burdensome. Notice what John says about the commandments of God that they are not burdensome. Or the King James says, I believe, grievous. Think about John's life and how much he had given and sacrificed for the church at this point. John had been an apostle for almost 50 years. He had been exiled. He had been abused and suffered through persecution. But yet he said the commandments of God Are not grievous. That's a great attitude to have, isn't it? Given the suffering that John went through. I pray that we can develop that attitude as Christians today. His attitude toward commandment keeping, I think, was similar to that of David in Psalm chapter 19, verses 7 through 11, (coughs) where David writes, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them... There is great reward. So we find these three areas then as a proof of an authentic Christian based on the writings of John. We find that belief in Jesus as the Son of God who came in the flesh is essential for authentic Christianity, it's tied to the plan of salvation, essential to understanding the plan of salvation. We find that our love for the brethren is an example or a test of authentic Christianity. How we treat one another, how we love and care for one another is essential to proving our authentic Christianity. And we find that obedience in keeping the commandments of God as another test for authentic Christianity. I think it's interesting that today most people don't have problems with the first two. Most people don't have problems with belief or love of the brethren. But there are a lot of people that have problems with obedience. And when we talk to them about the commandments of God, often we'll hear the term, you're just legalistic. But scripture is very clear, as we've just read, about how important obedience is to proving our love for God and our love for our brethren. If we really love God and His children... We really believe in Jesus as the Son of God who came in the flesh and died for our sins, then for us, just like John, the commandments of the Lord will not be grievous. They won't be burdensome. The lesson's yours. I ask you tonight that each of us take a moment and reflect and ask ourselves Am I passing the tests of authentic Christianity? Am I doing what I need to be doing in relation to belief? In relation to love, in relation to obedience. There may be some here tonight who have never named the, God, the name of Jesus in baptism. You need to take that first step. You believe, you've heard the word, you want to obey, you're willing to repent of your sins, you're willing to confess Him before men, but you haven't obeyed the gospel fully until you've put Him on in baptism. We stand ready to help you tonight. There may be those here tonight. Who, after examining yourself, realize that as a, someone who's previously become a Christian, you're not passing the test of an authentic Christi- Christian, and you need to make that right. Whatever your need is tonight, if you'll come forward as we stand. And-